Y'all got your drink fellas. Got my drink. It was like, ooh, our lips look so good. I got good everything, Chuck. What else you got good, Al? <laughs> Take a look at that picture I sent you. Ooh. I just figured I'd get the girls a little preview <laughs> of the spring summer collection, aka okay. my body. It is TGIF. This is what y'all came for, right? Y'all came for this. Hey everybody, happy Wednesday and welcome to TGIF. It's Wednesday. And we got a brand new episode. You asked for it and you got it two nights a week. And we are here to spill the tea and break down some of the biggest headlines in the news and on social media. And later on the show, we'll be joined by one of the hosts of Fox Soul's new talk show, The House, Chris Kerr. So stick around for that. We'll be introducing new Fox Soul family. All right, now sit back, relax, and get ready to sip this hot tea. Now, without further ado, let me introduce my fabulous co-host. Please welcome multimedia personality and talk show host, Funky Dineva. Hey, Q. Hey, y'all, at 8 o'clock at the new time. I can go to the bar when I get off of work tonight. <laughs> but you probably just woke up, though, right? Right. Get out my business, Claudia. <laughs> Man, back when we used to be on the phone three-way, we would try to call you, and you'd be sleeping until right you above sleep. about 10 minutes before I to go to work. <laughs> and please welcome brand strategist Al Reynolds. Hey, Al. <laughs> What's going on, Claudia? Welcome back. Thank you very much. What do you? How do you like the uh, the new time? Um, we're gonna see. You know, I just got off work, so I came straight in from work. That's why I was a little bit late to sound check. But you know, I'm with you on this. At least we get to get it out early. Hopefully, we'll get more fans. I'm aiming for that four thousand, so that we can then get our third night. Let's go. <laughs> I bet you musty. You probably spent like eight a.m. Huh? <laughs> you know, I ain't never musty. <laughs> Um, well, I just, as long as the, the fans know where to find us, because I think on, on Cocktails Monday, uh, people weren't really sure the, about the new time. So we just got to really push it. TGIF, every, every Wednesday and Friday now, 5 p.m. on the West Coast, 8 p.m. on the East. Make sure you tell a friend, post it, tweet it, put it on your Instagram to let everybody else know, because uh, we want everybody to make sure they catch us at our new time. Uh, so uh, what's everybody sipping on tonight? Y'all drinking tonight? Are we, we not, is it too early? It's I'm a little bit too drinking. early. You know, I got groceries, so I'm on the Publix raspberry lemonade today. <laughs> <laughs> Is it with vodka or just lemonade? No, just just the raspberry lemonade. Really? Yeah. You know, I don't drink before nine. <laughs> his stories do not add up. This nigga be lying. He's I'm trying to change my life. I'm, I found the Lord. When? And then he lost the Lord. You, Last you, week sometime. He was, <laughs> y'all leave me alone. Black people, whenever they do, I know you must have had a real wicked weekend because people get born again and find the Lord after they got so low. Oh, exactly. right, it ain't just right. because they're they living good. It's because they're living good. <laughs> What'd you sip it on, Al? I'm having a, a Chardonnay. I'm doing a white wine tonight. Okay, I'm just drinking tea because I, I, I was working on a, a show that I can't talk about just yet, but I was drinking every single day for the most part, and I need a detox. So, um, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get my, my system right, my electrolytes and everything back on point. <laughs> uh, how did y'all deal with the, the outage, the, the social media outage on Monday? Everybody was freaking out. Six hours. Instagram was down. WhatsApp. Facebook. Well, we already know uh, Funky didn't miss it because he probably slept right through it. So, you know, he didn't even realize what was going on. <laughs> no, you know, it's, it's so funny because I have a ritual. Like when I wake up in the morning to brush my teeth and use the restroom, I'll check my emails, my texts, my social media. I kept scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and it wouldn't reset. 
Mm-hmm. And I just sent home and I just rolled back over and went back to sleep. And by the time I got up, it was fixed. <laughs> Pretty much the same thing with me. I, I didn't know, you know, I just thought maybe the internet that where I was was weak until, you know, I started hearing people start texting me and stuff like that. So it's a damn shame that we're so run by and so addicted to social media where people were at literally freaking out. Mark Zuckerberg should be the only one really freaking out because he lost six billion dollars in worth in that short span. Oh, wow. Wow. You heard about that? No, I didn't know that part. Yeah, yeah. I read that. It's just ironic that right after the whistleblower testifies the very next day, then there's all these issues with social media. So I don't kind of fish well, He'll get it back quickly. So now's the time to purchase Facebook stock, everybody. It'll regain its valuation. That's right. All right, y'all. Let's hop into some hot topics. Let's get into this Dave Chappelle. I watched the the special last night. Have y'all checked it out yet, the closer? I have not seen it in its entirety, but I've seen the clips in question. Okay. So uh, he recently dropped his ninth stand-up special, The Closer, and he's not holding back. Chappelle touched on the LBG2 plus community not being knowledgeable of the baby's violent history and how the rapper killed another black man in self-defense, but it didn't receive any repercussions. He didn't receive any repercussions from that act, but because he made an offensive comment about the gay community, he's now being canceled. Chappelle said, in our country, you can shoot and kill an N-word, but you better not hurt a gay person's feelings. What are your thoughts on Chappelle's comments? So I... I don't like this at all. Um, I think it's extremely divisive. Um, I did not know that the baby killed somebody and that's not my fault that I don't know that. I mean, everybody that comes across my vision, I don't run a background check or spend my time Googling it. I did not know the baby killed somebody because I guess my, my head was stuck in the sand or the media did not blow it out of proportion the way they did the whole gay thing. Two things can be true at one time. People can be outraged that he killed somebody and the stuff that he said on the stage was absolutely wrong. I, I, I don't know why Dave is making this comparison. And just because people didn't get mad about one thing doesn't mean that they can't get mad about this. People have the choice to get mad about what the hell they want to get mad about. And this is what this particular group of people chose to get mad about. And so be it. I think it's apples to oranges. And I think Dave is it, 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 it's wrong for causing the further division that he's causing with these comparisons. Al, what do you think? Um, I, I kind of think of it a little bit differently than that. There are two things in my mind. One, it's hard for me to govern the content of a comedian. Uh, I just have always thought that comedians have less of a social responsibility than than other entertainers. So that's why, but even though David is obviously an activist, but in my mind, let me tell you, I saw the comparison. I understood the comparison that he made and it made a lot of sense to me because in the gay community, there's a level of activism and consistency that lasts for a long time. Whereas in the black community, we will be activists, but we don't hold on to it for a very long time. We tolerate a lot of stuff and we don't act on it. And I think this is the comparison that he was showing here, in my opinion, of how I interpret it. So in the gay community, he's saying that they are activists and they're consistent. And if you do anything to uh, disregard them or disrespect them, they're going to always stand up to it. Whereas in the African-American community, things that are a little bit less infuriating to us, we have less activism towards it. That's kind of how I interpret it. But like 
I didn't find it offensive. I thought it was a cool analogy. And I thought it was an analogy that forced our community to do better. Uh, uh, excellent points, both of you. I will say this in defense of, well, I just got to make this clear with the baby. They do say that it was an act of self-defense, him killing that man in Walmart, that he was actually being mm-hmm. robbed. Hence, it wasn't as malicious as it may sound. I mean, I think I, I watched the entire special and um, I, I encourage everyone in the community that may think that what he's saying is offensive to watch the whole thing. He's visibly hurt and shaken by his relationship with a member of the trans community and what happened to this woman that was bullied for sticking up for their relationship. And I don't want to give it away, but when I saw a moment in that special where Dave is trying to still maintain the integrity of comedy and being a free thinker in, in, in his free speech and having an opinion and not being forced to fall in line and say what he's supposed to say. And also a man that's dealing with, you'll see the grief when you watch his special. And um, I, I like that he uh, has this conversation because I think it's, it's, it's worth having a conversation about and further having these conversations with friends that you have in the community. And I right. think more people should be having these kind of conversations. I think, I, I think the comedy bit was a bit antagonistic. I think you're, you're seven, six, eight comedy specials in. You've done the LGBTQI jokes. You, you already know what to expect. You know you're going to get the media coverage. You know you're going to get the backlash because you've gotten it every special. Uh, it's intentional. Um, obviously, you wanted it because you knew it was coming. Um, same thing that I ask Boosie all the time. Why is it such a wild hair up your ass? You know what I'm saying? You've already did this bit before. So why is it such a wild, a wild hair up your ass? It's antagonistic. You did it on purpose. You did it to say, listen, gay folks, I'm going to make jokes about y'all ass and y'all just going to have to get over it. Ha ha ha. And that's fine. That's perfectly fine. But we're not going to sit here and pretend like he's just caught some magical backlash out of nowhere. Dave knew exactly what he was doing by inserting his comedy bit because there were 950, 11 things he could have talked about other than this. You're right. It's become his thing now, though. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Well, moving on. Meek Mill seems to uh, seemingly put his foot in his mouth when he compared the bond he had with his former jail cellmate to a girlfriend. The rapper talked about the heartbreak he felt when he learned that his cellmate was being moved to another cell. He said, you have a cellie for three months and all of a sudden the guards tell him, pack it up. You're going to a new jail. Meek continued, when that happens, you're going to feel like you just lost a chick. You're going to be hurt about it. What are your thoughts on what Meek Mill said? And is he doing too much? Or are people blowing this out of proportion? Um, you know, I totally get the analogy that look, I only been to jail once. It was for a traffic <laughs> violation. And I didn't even go behind bars. I was just in the little waiting area. Um, but I could imagine, Claudia, anything that you are locked in close quarters with long enough, you will grow some type of emotional attachment for. And I think it's toxic masculinity that's not allowing people to completely understand what it is he's saying. And in short, he's saying you suffer an emotional loss. I mean, I'm here. I'm alone. I'm broken. I'm cut off from the world. This is the only piece of family or a piece of ass that I got in this thing, <laughs> and y'all don't moved him up out of here. I, I I I lost my partner. I lost my my other half, my Sally. After three months, <laughs> I mean, you 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 be alone for three months. You'll fall in love with with. Listen, Michael Jackson's best friend was a rat. Okay, so you can fall in love <laughs> with anything if you're desperate enough. Honestly, I think because it's Meat Mill. 
they're going to clown him because Meek goes and doesn't get any passes anymore. And because oh it's God. Meek Mill, people are going to jump on him and be like, oh, he gay or he's he's this and he's they, they're going to do that. As soon as it came out of his mouth, I'm like, they're going to come for him and mm-hmm. make this a big. I got what he was saying. You miss whatever friend. But, you know, in this day and age, you're not allowed because everyone on social media and that watches other people that are on social media is absolutely perfect and never make any mistakes. So, you know, there it is. What do you think, Al? What do you think about the situation? You know, I, I agree with uh, you guys. I, I feel like it was a slip in analogy. However, one thing that I did learn when I was reading up about this is that in the prison culture, when you refer to your cellmate as girl or wife, then you that means that you have the ultimate symbol of domination, meaning you're the head dude in that situation. So I thought it was very interesting that he did choose the word girlfriend. Um, he could have said best friend. He could have said the homie, homie. He could have said a lot of different things, but he did decide to exercise the word girlfriend. And I think that just happens to parallel kind of like the prison culture. I definitely don't think that Meek Mills is into dudes at all, though. Why don't we try to help Meek Mill out? Because here at Fox Soul, we like to help people. We don't want to just <laughs> notice someone that is just digging in on you. Why don't we just go around? Everyone says one word that he could have used instead of girl. Go. Who wants to? Q, what do you think? Confidant. L? Big homie. Buddy. Q? Friend. Ace. Boom, coom. <laughs> Dog. L? Roommate. 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 Cousin. Brother. Shit, girlfriend. <laughs> okay, so maybe we're wrong. Maybe it really was hard to find another word. Oh, oh Lord. Not oh, video. my goodness. Hold Did on. we lose Claudia? We lost her video, but we got her audio. Hold on, the camera's tripping. We got to go to commercial anyway, girl. All right, we're going to go to a quick commercial break. We'll be right back with more TJF. God damn it. Welcome back to TGIF. My, uh, forgive me, my camera is acting ghetto right now, so I had to get off the camera, get it back on my computer like it used to be. And before we went to break, I meant to tease our special guest that's joining us, that's new to join the Fox Soul family. He's an international beauty expert, lifestylist, and one of the new hosts of a new show here called The House. Before we bring him out, let's take a look at a snippet from The House. You told me Nicki Minaj was a drag queen, I would believe it. Everything about her, like a drag queen, is an addition. <laughs> I come from extreme self-hatred. I came out the womb with a mom who didn't want me. And that's why I always say I've lived the pain. I was going to say, I love my bears. Hello. Not real bears. Just a, a person who is of a certain weight class and usually hairy. They are subcultures within the gay community. I will say that I do not identify as trans only because I identify as pangender, which means that I say my soul is both male and female. Internally, I feel fine. I used to fake orgasms all the time. Oh. These aren't the kind of poppers Antonio's used to. (laughs) What moisturizer do you use? Semen. But was this that kind of mask or was this more pleasure chest mask? I wish. Oh, you're talking about semen masks. They better never come for what we have to say here. Please welcome the new addition to the Fox O family, Chris. Chris, Chris, y'all nasty. Hey, hey how are you? What's going on, Chris? Welcome, hey. Chris. Hey. I'm so glad to have some tea. 
right. First and foremost, please, we want to welcome you to the Foxhole family and congratulations on the new show. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. Everybody, Chris, everyone's talking about your new show, The House. Tell us about your show. I, it seems like y'all really go there. Yes. So this show is a show for everyone. So it is intended to have open dialogue around the LGBTQIA plus experience, but in particular for Blacks. So that, you know, in our community, the, the gay talk is often real hush-hush, you know, often real secretive. And so we have a show where it's all talk-talk. So we talk about it. We sit there and um, it is a talk show where we actually unpack some things. So some things that may cause some pain and some things that are that we celebrate and then some things where we just create understanding, just helping people understand what's going on. So I have a question for you. How, how does the house plan to tackle those controversial issues that impact the gay community? Like maybe the DaBaby uh, incident. Yeah, that's a great one. So as I was listening to you guys, I, I, I just wanted to chime in because what, what happens is that is exactly what we talk about on the show, uh, things like that. And what we do that's even more special is we actually bring in guests. So our guests that come in, uh, they then add these great um, ideas and philosophies and experiences so that uh, we actually have people that are telling their stories. So their stories are bigger than their stars sometimes. So that, that, that how did I get here? What did I have to overcome? So what happens is uh, you've got parents who have children and they're trying to understand how to identify themselves and, and the parents don't understand a lot. This is that uh, moment on this show to pique that curiosity of understanding, to just kind of go behind the veil just a little bit and see kind of what really is going on from a multitude of perspectives. Because we not only do we offer our perspectives, kind of like you guys do on this show, but then we actually have other guests that come in and, and, and give us a really in-depth look into their lives and, and some of their decision-making. Mm -hmm. so then that way we, we kind of um, have examples. So people okay. Yeah. Well, Chris, it sounds like a great show. We'll be sure to tune in. But since you're a part of the Fox Soul family, it's only right that you join us to dish on some hot topics. You already kind of said, but we're going to get into some hot topics. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, here we go. Uh, Nick Cannon is finally taking a break from having so many kids. The Wild and Out host said, I'm trying to chill out, though I'm chilling. I'm kind of stepping away, getting focused, going within, getting my celibacy on. He also said, I'm going to see if I can make it to 2022. Do you guys think Nick Cannon to make it, can make it to the end of the year without ending his vow of celibacy? Chris? Well, I mean, he's been pretty busy already. Oh. So, um, so he may be a little worn out. Um, I, I, it's not, I mean, it's already October. So, I mean, you know, after Halloween, it's Thanksgiving. So I, I actually think he can make it. Actually, I do. <laughs> you know, I, when I first read this article, I was like, this Negro is acting like it's January. Like, <laughs> like, 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 like much, much to Chris's point, we all know everything shuts down after Thanksgiving. All right. That, that, that goes for hunching two people out buying gifts, trying to get their taxes in order. Ain't nobody got time to be, be, be laid up hunching. Plus, he already has made seven kids. I'm sick and tired of hearing about Nick's love life, his sex life, his sexual reproduction. I'm I'm tired of all of it. You know, you know, just move on, Nick. 
<laughs> Al, what do you think? Can he make you know, it to the end of the all, year? Legs don't ever close. Now, I, after Thanksgiving does not mean you're not having sex after Thanksgiving. Sorry. I mean, if you're into sex, obviously the way this this young man has exhibited his interest is into sex. 90 days is a long time. But I'm going to say this. I think Nick is going through something deeper than we actually realize. I think he has, he has made it very clear. He said that he's hired a therapist to kind of help him work through these issues. I think he's living through it publicly. He hasn't identified exactly what it is, but in my mind, it could be a little bit of a sex addiction similar to that one of Will Smith. Both of them are seeing therapists over this. Both of them are extremely wealthy and powerful men of color that could have any woman that they want. And they love fantasizing in that and in, in reveling in that idea of being able to do whatever the heck they would like to do with women. So all I'm saying is I hope that the therapy works out for them. Couldn't he have started this before he had seven kids? <laughs> like, right. At the start I mean, of the year. I mean, <laughs> it's much fun. <laughs> I'd be impressed, like y'all said. If he started in January, February, March, even April, I'd be like, yo, that's hard. Two and a half months, that's the easy bid. I got one question though. Isn't he currently in a relationship with at least one of the baby mamas? No, I don't think so. Oh, see, I thought he was because my my follow up question was going to be when you're in a relationship and you decide to be celibate, isn't that a joint decision? Because now you got me all over here deprived and depraved. But okay, well, he has so many kids. Like when you have a baby, I think you can't have sex for like six, eight weeks anyway. So it's probably still within that bubble. Uh, Let's talk. I want to hear y'all's opinion on this Sage Steele story. ESPN sideline reporter Sage Steele. On Tuesday, after the sportscaster questioned former President Barack Obama's racial identity and blasted her company's COVID-19 vaccination policy, Steele made the comments in a recent episode of the uh, Uncut with uh, Jay Cutler podcast with the former Chicago Bears quarterback. Now, in the podcast, Steele accused Barbara Walters of belittling her for identifying as biracial and choosing both black and white on her census. Uh, Steele continued, Barack Obama chose black and he's biracial. And I'm like, well, congratulations to this president. That's his thing. I think that's fascinating considering his dad, his black dad, was nowhere to be found, but his white mom and grandma raised him. But hey, you do you and I'll do me. Now in that same podcast, Steele, uh, who said she's been vaccinated, uh, referred to her own company's vaccine mandate as sick. She stated, I respect everyone's decision. I really do. But to mandate it is sick, Steele said. It's one thing with masks and I don't have a problem with that. It's another thing when you force this. What, what are your thoughts on her comment? She did apolo- you know, issue a public apology, of course, because that job and that money and that ass is on the line. But what do y'all think about what she had to say? I think the dad that's nowhere to be found, I think for me, that's the part that, eh. outside of that, I think there's a very nuanced conversation that does need to be had. Now, perhaps it wasn't that podcast, but we do have this thing with biracial people. Why is it that we force them to be Black? Um, Claudia, you're biracial. And oftentimes, you know, when it comes to people who are black and white, the white part of them tends to get erased because the world or the United States or popular culture has said you have to identify as black. But as we move forward in a more progressive Mm -hmm. 2021 future, you're half black and you're half white. So in all actuality, you are both. And I understand the slavery and the one percent rule and da 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 da. I paid attention in history. But let's talk about it. You are black and you are white. So, I mean, 
what is the correct answer to so that question? It depends. It's a couple of things there, Funky. It depends on the state that you live in. So in the state of Virginia, I am, I'm supposed to be identified racially by the race of my father. But, it, you know, most people, depending on if your mother's very active, she's there filling out that birth certificate, she may, you know, choose a different race if you're biracial. The thing I want to say about this young lady is she tackled three of the largest talk topics of the century, right? She tackled vaccine. That, that's just like a very hard topic to have right now and be open and honest about. She tackled race, biracial race, race, and she also tackled one of our former presidents, Obama. I mean, uh, Obama. Um, she also tackled the Me Too movement with this whole sexual harassment comment. I think she has the three things that she talked about gave her three strikes. And they said, you know what? This is too much heat for us. We are ESPN. We are a culturally sensitive network that that follows people of color. You spoke on three things that are very dear to the, that community. And we can't support the fuckery that came along with your comments. So we're going to put you in time out for a little while. Um, as someone that has an Italian mother, immigrant mom, and a, a Black father, it gives me a stomachache when people tell me that I'm not Black. It really right. does. And I, I, I just need people to speak to. It's kind of like issues in the community. Like, don't tell me what I am or who I am. Let me tell you. Right. You know what I mean? And not to belittle anybody else's movement, but I feel like it's similar. Like, people trying to put you in a box. And um, I just feel like it depends on how you were raised. My mom is from, she's an immigrant from Italy, but I was never brought up to be confused where I was like, I don't know what I am. Like, it was very obvious. And, and if I didn't have any, if I didn't know what I was, my racist ass neighbors were quick to tell me what the hell I was. <laughs> so it, it's, it's, a, it's a little disrespectful when people tell us you're not black enough. It feels like you can't sit with us when I, you know what I mean? And I feel like because you're in this, this we're in this era now where people are trying to take away, like take away blackness from biracial people now. It's right. like, where do you want me to freaking go? Where right. do you want me to go? So when I heard these comments that she made about Barack Obama, I was like, bitch, sit your ass down, down. because you want to identify more with the white side. You probably only date white men. You're giving me very Stacey Dash 2.0. You want to feel that. You want that Candace Owen lane. So you, you want to just like drag everybody else into that. I say, talk to the person. Clearly Barack Obama is very pro, very proud of his blackness. Don't try to take that away from him. And all that other stuff she said, Stage Steel has been on my nerves for the longest. She's extremely obnoxious to me. That's just my opinion. Chris, what do you think about this, Heffa? Well, you know what? Here's the thing. It was uh, one of the topics on our show uh, that we talk about a lot is the transgender um, stories. And this was this reminded me a lot of that is, is what do people see? So when, when we think about biracial, uh, whatever you are on the inside, whatever your makeup is, people still see something on the outside and they're going to treat you based on what they see. So when you are a biracial male who is visibly black and you get pulled over by the police, they don't care that you think you're white. They are not going to respond to you like you're white. They're going to respond to you in the way that they they visually mm -hmm. see you. And so that, that for me is where Barack owning his black manhood is a great thing because that's what we see. That is what everyone recognizes. And so to deny it because his white mother was more of a caregiver, I think it's just, you know, not fair. Especially in a country where, I'm sorry, if you go ahead and do all of our ancestry, a large majority of us have some white blood in us. It just so happens that mine's a little closer to, to, to now, to me now. But a lot of us, unfortunately, through rape of our, our, of our great, great, great grandmas, 
have some white blood in us. And that wasn't their choice. Right. So should we tell a baby that was conceived through rape, the slave master raping the, our, our great, great, great grandma, you ain't black. You ain't really down for the struggle. Like it's just disrespectful. And I just feel like let people, if I say I'm black, let me be black. Cause I do, I feel a lot more in common than, than, than I do with, 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 with my black folks than I do with white. And don't we want more black people to support our movement and to help us? Like, why are we kicking people out that we deem, oh, you you a quarter why you ain't, uh, it just irritates me. All right, fellas, great conversation. Uh, we have more coming up. We, oh, wait, hold on one second. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let me get to this. I got a little carried away with that conversation. I got a little carried away. <laughs> it's so funny because I actually want to continue it at a later time or maybe on another platform because my sure. follow-up question was going to be, are you equally as offended if somebody was to say you're not Italian? No, I'm not because I didn't grow up with them. You know, they're in Italy. Okay. You know what I'm saying? So I, I had to be in America with the racism and have rocks thrown at me and being called a nigger at five years old and all these kind of racist things that happened to me. So I feel like you're taking all that struggle away from me that I had to endure and I overcame, mm -hmm. you know? Right. Chris, uh, you have been amazing. Thank you so much. Before we Thank let you, you go, we want everyone to- uh, Nice you know, meeting you, Chris. Good luck. Yes, yes. Tune Chris, in, tune in. <laughs> Chris, yeah, I want, <laughs> I want to thank Chris for joining us tonight. Be sure to follow him on social media and don't forget to tune in to Fox O's new talk show, The House, which premieres this Friday, October 8th at 6 p.m. Pacific and 9 p.m. Eastern time. We'll be right back. And congratulations, Chris. We'll see you on Friday. Thank you. Thanks congratulations. Welcome back to TGIF. Once again, check out the house this Friday, right after TGIF. And please welcome them to the network. All right, y'all, let's get into this. Have y'all ever had an acne breakout come at the worst time? I know how I have, but you know, we all have had our skin struggles with our skin and we're really excited about the sponsor of tonight's episode. Apostrophe is a prescription skincare company that offers science-backed oral and topical medications that are clinically proven to help clear acne. Now, Apostrophe connects you with a board-certified dermatologist who will create a personalized treatment plan that is perfectly tailored to your unique skin. All you have to do is fill out Apostrophe's online quiz about your skin goals and your medical history, then snap a few selfies and your dermatologist will create your customized treatment plan. Now, Apostrophe treats acne, and you, they can also help you hit your other skincare goals like reducing redness, wrinkles, and even dark spots. And we all know as we're getting older, these little things start to creep up on us, so it's better to prevent it. Go ahead. Uh, let me tell you, it's quick and easy, and uh, I love that I didn't have to schedule an appointment with the doctor because we are just too busy. Didn't have to wait in line at a pharmacy to pick up my prescriptions, and Right now, we have a special deal for our viewers. Save $15 off your first visit with an apostrophe provider at apostrophe.com slash T when you use our code T. Now, the code is only available to our viewers. To get started, go to apostrophe.com slash T and click begin visit. Then use our code T at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $15. That's apostrophe.com slash T and use that code T to get your dermatologist crafted treatment plan for $5. And we'd like to thank Apostrophe for sponsoring our show. All right, we'll, we'll be back. Thanks. We'll be back in a minute, y'all. <laughs> Welcome back to TGIF. All right, back into the hot topics. A French fashion house, Givenchy, is being criticized after models wore necklaces 
I'm so sick of this. Shaped like nooses on the catwalk during Paris Fashion Week. Three models were gold and silver versions of the accessory at the Givenchy Spring Summer 2022 show on Sunday. One Instagram user wrote, you think the industry would have learned not to put things that resemble nooses around a model's neck. Givenchy has yet to comment on the backlash. Are you surprised? Uh, no, we're not surprised. First of all, you guys know I have managed some of the largest fashion uh, models, photographers, <laughs> a lot of people in the fashion industry. The fashion industry people are probably the most detail-oriented individuals you will ever meet. They know exactly everything that they're doing. They know from the makeup to the hair to the pieces of clothing to the accessories exactly what everything means and what they're putting off at the time that they are. Now, Fashion Week, we've seen several designers have racial slurs or racial acts with these designers, and they know exactly what they're doing. What I think this is, this is a cynical agenda to shock and then rapidly withdraw right? What they did for media attention. And you know what? I think what we need to do as consumers is that we need to hold them accountable. We need to say, Givenchy, Gucci, Prada, you guys keep playing with us. Keep playing with us with these new skin, these black faces, and we're going to stop buying your goods. And as you know, African-Americans make up over a couple of billion dollars in sales for Gucci. So I think we need to start exercising our rights and our powers to show them to take accountability for always trying to disrespect us for media attention and hype. Well, since we're talking fashion mishaps, Al and Q, let's take a walk down memory lane, shall we? And let's talk about these other fashion houses who have clearly tried it right. and missed the mark. Dolce & Gabbana caused a bit of controversy in 2016 when it referred to an item of footwear in its spring and summer collection as a slave sandal. Mm -hmm. In 2018, Prada pulled items that had images that resembled black monkeys with exactly. red lips. In 2019, Burberry apologized for releasing a hoodie featuring a noose. Uh, and Gucci pulled a jumper after the item was criticized for resembling blackface. Now, just a reminder to everybody watching, Blacks have an annual, Black people have an annual spending power, uh, $1.3 trillion. That's up 114% right. from 2020. So while y'all playing with us, what, but that's on us though. That's our bad because we don't walk away. We get mad for five minutes and then we go get the new stuff. Right. Which is what I mentioned to you earlier in an earlier story. You know, the LBGTQ plus community has this ability to band together and they make you reap the they make you reap the, the the havoc of them being together so if you do something that they don't like they make you change it i think as african americans because of our large purchasing power we need to do the same for these these designers i don't care if they're french american whatever we buy a lot of their stuff and we need to hold them accountable for disrespecting us all right switching gears let's have some fun with this next topic it doesn't Comedian Lil Duvall tweeted the following question. What celebrity blocked you and why? So it's not really about Lil Duvall right now, but I want to pose this question to you guys. Have you ever had a celebrity block y'all and why? Should we go to Q first? Q, have you had a celebrity block you? Sure. <laughs> Hell. <laughs> I think half the VH1 and Bravo roster probably has me blocked. I mean, y'all, I, I am... 11 years in on reading these people on these YouTube videos and whatnot. So I am, I am blocked by quite a few uh, people or, or, or whatever the case may be. But I'm going to tell you something. 
they always come back and they always use their ghost accounts uh, to see what the doll is talking about. <laughs> but there's um, one person that you made up with, though, right, Q? That you've had some people that you made up with. Who, who are you talking about in particular? I made up with Nikki Gilbert. I've made up with uh, Sheree. You know, Sheree hadn't sued me, child. Hadn't took me down to the courthouse, had my name in the paper. <laughs> I mean, I've I made up with quite a few. Uh, most recently, Letitia from Love and Marriage Huntsville's got me blocked, and I don't even know why, but I don't care. Um, okay. She's got bigger issues to worry about. Um, you know, I stay getting blocked, but hey, that, that, that's just par for the course when you do what we do. Yeah, I was surprised that a couple of people that uh, blocked me because I'm like, I don't give a damn about you block Benzino blocked me. Damn. Well, what will I do? I'll miss out on you, so much hot music. You know the thing that gets me? The thing when, when social media first started getting popping and people like people would be on my thing like, I'm unfollowing you and they would declare it. I just want to know at what point did a block or a unfollow get any real life value? <laughs> like when you say you, I'm unfollowing you, like, whoa, I can't pay my bills because you unfollowed me. I'm like, <laughs> so I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know that if I'm blocked by any celebrity, but I do know that I have blocked a celebrity and it, it really, it really hurt me. So y'all are like, y'all don't go, y'all don't care if you block them. It took everything out of me to hit the block button because the celebrity that I blocked was actually a longtime friend, like a friend that I really cared for and rocked hard body for. I had to block her. Who was it? That shit hurt my feelings. Who was it? Claudia knows she worked with her on one of them shows. Someone I worked with blocked? Uh -huh. You blocked? Okay, was it was it um Demetri McKinney? No. Was it, was oh, a friend child, of a Jennifer friend basketball wise. wise, Jennifer yes. Williams. Jennifer Williams. I did. I blocked her. Re recently or long ago? No, I blocked her because we 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 talked about her on the show, right? Yeah. Well, it, it, it was never said. Uh, you never have said several friends. We talked about her on the show, right? And I never said anything negative about her on the show. Remember, I was defending her. I was saying, hey, that's my friend. We've gone through stuff. You don't know what we've gone through, Claudia, so you can't judge how I deal with her, right? That's exactly what I said. So before I came off the air, I got a text from her, and she was like, yo, keep, your, keep my name out your mouth. You're not a friend. You're not on my radar. You mean nothing to me. That, that little bit of a uh, network means nothing to me. Like, like, she went completely off, and I was like, you know, what? First of all, you're not going to disrespect me. You're not going to disrespect where I work. And I didn't say anything negative about you. So first thing you should do, instead of listening to your freaking friends, you need to freaking look at the freaking show. And I blocked her. Welcome to the club. Uh, I tell people all the time, it's very hard maintaining celebrity friendships and this type of work because your friends become the story sometime. And whether you say something positive or negative, they expect you to move mountains, buck the system, take the story down, not even say anything because y'all don't win it eight, two times <laughs> or whatever the case may be. And that's why, and, and a lot of people don't understand this and you and Claudia have seen it. And I've said this before, being who I am, I have access to just about any social circle on this planet that I want to be a part of, but I choose 
to go down to the bar where the Honda cars be so I can just deal with regular people who don't have any affiliation with the entertainment business because it is very hard doing what we do and trying to maintain entertainment relationships. Yeah, you know, but the flip side of that is I had the same issue with another huge <laughs> reality star and I don't mind sharing Nene Leakes. Now, Nene, of course, she's smart. Like She's like, let me look and see what he said. Let's see what he said. Let's 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 look at the evidence. And then if the evidence showed that you were not supportive, or if the evidence showed that you were being messy, then we can make a different snap judgment. So I'm, you know, I'm always like, at least look at the evidence. And then if you're still mad at me after that, then let's deal with it. Because if we're true friends, you have a way that you do your job. I have a way that I do mine. If we respect each other, we know it's our job and we gotta do it. I was prepared to fight Peter the other night. I went to bar one. I had, I had went and met somebody, a friend called me. And they were like, I'm at bar one. I'm like, hell. I'm like, is Peter up there? And they were like, we don't know. And I said, well, I'm, I'm, coming, I'm coming anyway. I had to put on my good tennis shoes in case we had to get to tussling or whatever. Um, but I, have to, I have to tell you about this. I do have to say this really quickly, Claudia. We can move on. I did see, I did see Peter at, uh, at, at Greg's funeral. And he came straight up to me and he said, yo, we're good. He was like, he, you know how Peter is. He's so busy. He didn't have a chance to really look at what we said. So he did say to me that, you know, you didn't say anything negative. You actually were positive. He was like, I understand that this is your job. We're good. There's no harm here. Some of these people, we didn't even say their name and they got mad and and, and I never said their name and they got mad. And right. you know what? Be happy someone's saying your name. Okay. Right. Okay. Uh, before we had the commercial, Fox Soul has a new cooking show with former NBA star Charles Oakley called Chopping It Up with Oakley. That's coming tomorrow, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Let's take a quick look. Y'all play spades? I play with anybody, as long as they ain't blind. My wife told my son, what the f*** you do that for, man? What kind of shit is that, man? Get the... Hey, man, my son was like, mama. She was like, man, don't be playing with me on this damn table. Because <laughs> <laughs> I saw you in the, uh, what was it? And I was like, wait, is that, is that Charles? What's happening? <laughs> You was the plan. You was like, what? They're going to get their ass whooped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they pushed me too far. I got to go there. If you can't lick your fingers, I don't, go, yeah, I don't want good, it. Right? I'm a, a gravy person. I'm going to do this and do that. Huh? <laughs> mm, do that. It's like an orgasm to me. I'll put my name on it, try to make sure it's right. This rib is so damn tender. <laughs> it got my eyes closed. <laughs> Tune in to Chopping It Up with my boy, Charles Oakley. It's going to be awesome. Okay, Foxel, I saw the little subliminal eggplants right. and carrots and all the little things shaped like that after Lisa Ray made that comment. We are excited. <laughs> Make sure you tune into the premiere of uh, Chopping It Up with Oakley tomorrow right here on Foxel, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. Foxel blowing up with all these new shows. Yeah. We, 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 we doing it. We doing it. All right, y'all, we'll be right back with more TGIF when we return. Welcome back to TGIF. All right, y'all. Uh, the top of the month, questions were raised about Kyrie Irving's vaccination status after he joined the Brooklyn Nets uh, media day virtually. Now, Fox Sports had previously cited that Kyrie had not received his first shot of the vaccine. Now, according to Tim Bontemps of uh, ESPN, players who miss games due to being unvaccinated will risk losing out on one ninety 
1.6 of their yearly salary. For Irving, that risk means a possible $380,000 will be deducted from his salary per game. What are your thoughts on the story? I know there's a really strict New York vaccine protocol and players in New York, the market, they have to have at least one vaccination shot just to even practice in New York. What are your thoughts? Listen, I am all for freedom of speech. I am all for freedom of choice, but freedom of speech nor freedom of choice means freedom of consequence. Additionally, with New York being as stacked and as densely populated as it is, I think the vaccination mandate is just, it's a necessary evil, um, especially when you're talking about a basketball player playing in a New York arena with New York fans that can go out and then spread it, COVID all amongst a, a, a New York City. It's a necessary evil. And to some, it's infringing upon people's rights or whatever the case may be. But in the case of Kyrie Irving, I really do not care. You live a very extremely privileged life. It comes with the cost. Getting the vaccine is the damn cost. Pay the fine, or, 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 or move and go do something else. Al, what do you think? You know, let's just have a serious conversation about this. We're not talking about $308,000 for uh, Kyrie. We're talking about if he stays unvaccinated for the entire season, we're talking about $15 million this young man has to forfeit. And I would hope, number one, that he's much smarter than that. Okay, let's let's just, if we really want to talk about the vaccine, and we're not talking about fodder from, 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 or public fodder from television right now. We're talking about the truth of a vaccine. All right, you have to have five vaccines to even go to school these days. I mean, have we forgot? In these five vaccines, you have no idea what's in those vaccines. Number one, you have to have a tetanus shot, a, text, a, techni- a tetanus vaccine in order to go to school or college. Number two, you have to have a hepatitis B vaccine in order to go to school, elementary school, high school, or college. You have to have a measles, mumps, and a rubella vaccine before you can go to college hot school or to play in the in, in the league. You have to have a polio vaccine and you have to have a chicken pox vaccine. These are all required by law. Why are we all of a sudden in uproar, in uproar over the COVID-19 vaccine when these five vaccines you've been required by law all your life to have, depending on where you work and where you go to school and what profession you have. Do you know what's in a chickenpox vaccine? Do you know what's in a polio vaccine? Do you know what's in a hepatitis vaccine? Do you know what's in a tetanus vaccine? Tell me right now if you know. And if you know, then you know the compounds are very similar to that of the COVID-19 vaccine. So explain it to me, people. You will take the other five, but you don't want to take this one because of the public fodder around it. I need some answers. And to piggyback on that, on top of the vaccines that you have to take to go to school or to go to Africa, certain parts, I, I had to take a yellow fever vac- uh, get vaccine for that. I was like, malaria. Oh, well, yeah, all these things, right? These be the same people that be at Greenhouse in New York, asking <laughs> a blunt from someone they don't know, doing Molly from people they don't know, doing MDMA from people they don't know, getting bags of Coke slipped into their hands at the club. I've seen it. I've seen NBA players, I'm not going to say their name because y'all going to say I'm messy, NBA players at Greenhouse in New York night before playoff games, okay? Getting high as hell from strangers. I've seen it. So I'm just saying, people are out here eating beef jerky, eating other people's booties, 
oral sex with people they just met, but all of a sudden they want to know all the compounds and everything. They <laughs> that is kind and of then, funny to me. And then if you gave them the compounds, they wouldn't even know, what, you know what it is. <laughs> but are you seriously going to give up $15 million because you think this is a conspiracy of no. some sort? Around, around that 1 million mark, he gonna tow the corporate line. Right. line. He trying to make a stance right now, but that 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 three hundred and eighty that 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 hit different when you multiply that times three four and five. Right. That, right. Hit, that 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 hit different when when that when them mortgage payments and all them range uh, uh, payments come due at the same claims, time. And and and, sneaking and those women in and out of hotels. And the landscaping bill got to be right. paid. You will be right. like, damn, I could have paid all of that with one three eighty. Now, on the flip, I do understand that this vaccine was, it feels put together quickly, but it's based on research from, from other vaccines. It's not just, it didn't start from scratch with this vaccine, but right. I, I get being cautious, but some people, there's all these fake scientists now on YouTube now and on Instagram. And again, Claudia, even with that, 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 even that explanation is indicative of, of, of ignorance around science. It's COVID is a derivative of SARS. Yeah, much right. to Al's point, the base, the SARS vaccine already existed. Exists. All they had to do was tweak it a little bit for the variant that we now call COVID. So That's y'all, right. y'all, even when y'all think y'all know what y'all talking about, you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Coronavirus has been around for a very long time. Yes. A very. This is a novel. It's a new one, but it's a, it's a, a version of what's been around for for many, yes. many, many, many yes. years. All right, we're going to try to get into this last story real quick before we uh, head on out of here. Um, to celebrate temperatures dipping into the 70s after a week-long heat wave in Arkansas, KATV anchor Chris May and meteorologist Barry Brandt wore Afro wigs to celebrate. The Little Rock Bay station quickly suspended the news anchor and the weatherman, who are both white, and their bosses, who were fired for allowing this to happen. Now, the offensive joke caught the attention of African-American activist Dr. Anika Woodfields, who complained that the stunt was a perpetuation of systematic racism to have a European man wear an Afro wig. Was this a lighthearted joke gone wrong or was it deeper than that? So, you know, when I read the word systematic racism, I kind of turned like a confused dog because I'm not getting that from this. And I was prepared to get on here tonight and say, this was just, I mean, when you think of the 70s, you think of bell bottoms and afros. And right before the show, I Googled 70s man. And much to my dismay, all of the white men that came up on Google, they had the long hair like the Bee Gees and not necessarily afros. But me personally, I wouldn't have taken any offense to this. Uh, what do you well, think? I disagree. And let me tell you why. Number one, this particular um, news station has a history of freaking racism. They just came off the tail of a six-week racial sensitivity um, training. Like, they all were just in training for six weeks because they hired for the first, not the first time, but they hired the first time in a long time, a new black anchor. And the black anchor, they put a, ma- a mammy doll, a figurine on their desk. And because of that, they had to do racial sensitivity training. So after you just got through with racial sensitivity training, you then gonna put an afro on your head. You knew what you were doing. Ain't nobody playing no games with y'all. Y'all need to be fired, not pulled off the air, just like they fired the news director. Get rid of them. We will no longer stand for disrespect. You just disrespected the clock because we only got 10 seconds left. I want to thank my co-hosts, Funkin' Aniva and Al Reynolds. We'll see you back here on Friday. Make sure you check out Chris Kirk. <laughs> thank you for joining us tonight. Stay tuned for the Black Report up next. Bye. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs>